Which is really interesting. I actually found the opposite. I found my groove during COVID. I dropped 40 pounds. Wow. I and but then as soon as like life got back to normal, I was like, okay, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, where, was... where are those 40 pounds? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're here. They're here. They're, they never let. They just, they just went they away. They were hiding. For a while. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're back. <laughs> Podcast where teachers rethink student engagement with Jamie Halsey, Fabian Hoffman, and Scott Kazarian. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Rebel Teacher Alliance. We are excited for our longtime listener, first time caller, Sean Moriarty. We're so excited to have him here today. Fabian, Jamie, aren't we excited? We're so, so excited. excited. There it is. That was, that was our. That was <laughs> oh, Jinx, you owe me a Coke, Fabian. Oh, geez. Uh, I grew up in, in Europe, in Germany, and uh, this is not what we do, so I don't owe you anything. Mm. We'll see. I just you almost did. All right. Well, let's, that was weird. Let's jump in. Yeah. Uh, very, ex- <laughs> very excited. So, Sean, uh, I know you from Twitter. Uh, Jamie, you, how do you know Sean? Is it only Twitter? Also from Twitter, but um, we had, like, I think a Zoom call at one point. um, But just following along. Also, Sean, you have a a little TikTok situation started. And um, also you teach uh, gamification. You did a class. So maybe you could introduce yourself and then tell us a little bit about some of the things you've been doing lately. I want to know what this TikTok situation. What's the situation on TikTok? Well, just TikTok a, a channel, it's a TikTok a, channel. Uh, yeah, yeah, not a situation. The TikTok situation. Uh-huh. It's yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping it doesn't ever become a situation. That's for sure. No. Uh, yeah, that that is simply. Uh, it, it's something that that I cringe even when students bring it up. But it's all it is is just a regular old TikTok that uh, another teacher friend who. Uh, lives just one town over and is also active. She runs, she helps co-run the uh, science teach like a pirate uh, edu Twitter chats, uh, Kristen Conti. And she, uh, a year or so ago, started basically challenging me to, to do some sort of teacher TikTok thing. And, and after scoffing at it and dismissing it for a while, I gave it a shot. And, and it's actually turned out to be kind of entertaining for me in terms of, <laughs> Just finding ways that I can I can actually kind of throw content that I wouldn't normally throw in class because it's just not that important, but it might be interesting. Uh, so yeah. we were we went to a county fair back at Labor Day time, and uh, I did one about just that that the Egyptians used to have their version of fried dough, and so it was just a weird little thing that. It's not something that's groundbreaking. It's not something that's going to be on a test, although it could be a bonus question, I suppose. Um, Should be. Yeah, I didn't think of that until just now. Or if they bring in Egyptian funnel cake, then you give them something. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) that could work. Um, And so it's just those kind of things. And um, sometimes I will just kind of tease or promote kind of things that are coming up in class because. I know the kids check that out, and so it's a way to either remind them that a side quest is coming up, or there's something else coming up, or just mm-hmm. to kind of hype up uh, an upcoming unit or activity. And and so that's what I do. Plus, there are some really great teachers on there that 
have a lot of ideas and tips and suggestions and things to try out. So it's been interesting yeah. for sure. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but what do you like? What grade do you teach? Sixth grade, sixth grade ancient civilizations. Awesome. And you find a lot of your students have TikToks? I do. Um, uh, So, you know, they're 11 years old and uh, it's something that that they definitely they're definitely into. Um, And, you know, I most of the kids that follow the, the TikTok account that I've got. I don't, I couldn't tell you who they are because they have different screen names and, and their profile yeah. pictures are not of them or whatever. And, and so more you, often you don't not, know who zebra one, two, three is. I don't, uh, I haven't a clue. Um, yeah. and I don't follow any of them back because that, that's yeah. like, that would be a little sketchy. Um, yeah, but, uh, but it's just interesting because you will, you will hear things they say, you'll see them and you know, there are kids that you'll see in the hallway or coming into class that are doing some sort of TikTok dance or, yeah. uh, you know, just the, the little, they call them sounds, these noises, things that the, the background music or sound effects that mm-hmm. kind of go viral on there. Um, and so you'll hear those, the Christie wake up and all this stuff from stranger things or whatever it might be. Corn, yeah. that corn song, all that stuff. So <laughs> that's awesome. That, sort of. And, right. it's, and then, it's, uh, and then, tell us a little bit about the class that you ran. Like you did a university class, right, for teachers? I did. That that was a, a kind of oh, a surprise yeah. thing that I was asked to do. So I, um, I had done a case study as part of my own graduate program uh, when I was wrapping up my own master's, and so the case study was on gamification and, and its efficacy in engagement and academic confidence and so forth. Um, and it went really, really well. Um, the, the professor in charge of that was really on board with it. And as it worked out, she has her own kind of consulting company on the side. And so uh, she had reached out to me several months after I was, I had wrapped up that master's program and, and began talking about possibly doing it as a PD um, through Bridgewater State University here in Massachusetts, where it was eventually linked up. And so um, we get the the people who take part, they get something ridiculous, like 60 some odd PDPs, uh, plus they can get uh, the graduate credits. And so for several weeks, it, we do a weekly Zoom um, where we kind of just go through a crash course on how to set up a, a gamified unit. We start out as a unit because mm-hmm. uh, for some people it's it's a lot more uh, it, it's a it's a easier bite than for some mm-hmm. folks because when people do it for the most part they they're all in. It's kind of infectious. They really like the idea, but there's a lot of people tend to feel very overwhelmed very quickly because they have so many things they're they're thinking about and how do I do yeah. this? What how do this? I do that? What about that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's been great. And so it's running, uh, it's, it's going to be kind of running two to four times a year. Um, and wow. so I awesome. promoted a little bit here and there on my Twitter account, just so that maybe people might be interested. Um, yeah. So if people are interested, they can always reach out to me or, whatever and i'll send them the info um but it, it's it's fun for me because i get to kind of preach the gospel and mm-hmm. at the same time 
I'm getting ideas from the people that are taking this course. They come up with ideas for yeah. items or activities and, and, you know, I've got my sticky notes by me all the time where I'm stealing all those stealing ideas. Stealing that, stealing yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> what was the overall reception of people that participated? Were they pretty gung-ho at the end? Did they find their students really, you know, I mean, we've all seen the, you know, gamification in action. and We've seen the impact it has on students. Have you heard from them about how it went? Or So I have not yet. We, we just started this summer was our first go around of this course. And so uh, it was late August when that first session uh, went through, finished off. And so of the people in the course, um, there were, there was one who was skeptical that he would actually follow through. Um, He had some issues with, you know, trying to figure out what he thought was or was not fair. Um, Mm. But other than that, they were they were quite gung ho. I had two teachers who were in the same school building. That uh, one of them has jumped on to EMC two learning. It went in, became a full member there. And um, I know another that I used to work with who he he was so excited. He's done class craft before, um, and so there's a couple of them in particular that I want to reach out to. I just haven't as yet, and yeah. and uh, see how they're doing because they had some some really well thought out and really interesting ideas. And they were, they were, it was, they were palpably excited about it. What a cool cool. community you will build over time of like the alumni of your PD. That'd be pretty cool. If you think like, you know, two, three years from now, if you've gone through eight cycles, that's a, that's a lot of people. That would be, yeah, that'd be tremendous. How cool. That's what a great idea. And to be kind of on the ground floor of that with that university, because it sounds like that's the first time they've really embarked on anything like that. Right. And so, to my knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really neat to be on the ground floor of that. Cool. Yeah. Congrats on that. Thank you. Very nice. All right. Favorite, All right. Take us away, buddy. Yeah. OK. Um, so we usually want to know at the beginning but we've been talking for about 35 minutes it seems um, <laughs> he knows he's been here too i mean he's, yeah. he's long time uh, but time. we we would like to know how you got started why did you get into education um you said you're in where cent- central massachusetts right yes yep teaching sixth grade history how did you end up there are you from there like what's your what's your uh origin story sure uh i am born and raised central massachusetts um I have lived there pretty much my entire life, but uh, I, when I was in high school, um, there were two paths that, that I had to choose from or was thinking to choose from, and teaching was one, and the other was, was journalism, and I had actually done an internship with a local newspaper while I was in high school, uh, and out of high school, that's what I chose, was journalism, um, mm-hmm. because at 17, spending the next 45, 50 years of my life in a school building was yeah, was terrifying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I went into journalism, which I loved for a variety of reasons, um, but uh, journalism is, is an industry that soon began to kind of contract quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of a dying breed. Um, there's, you, I could make more money flipping hamburgers. Um, <laughs> and once I, once I got married, it became clear that, you know, that idea of, of 
if there's a fire on Christmas morning at 2 a.m., I have to get up and go. And yeah. that was very clear. Like, okay, this isn't conducive to what we're going to be doing. And so I was very fortunate at the age of 26, I think, 26, uh, when I left, I quit the job and uh, enrolled back into college full time just to become a teacher. And I was very fortunate to have a, a wife that was going to be supportive of that move because mm-hmm. that meant she was kind of the main moneymaker. Um, and so I've, I've enjoyed it since, um, I've, I started off teaching high school history, which I love. That was the first half of my career. Um, and, and high school was great. Um, I was in one building for a while, uh, but was ultimately let go through by being rift, uh, reduction in force mm-hmm. and being the, mm-hmm. the last, the last hire by about a three week period. There was one person oh, hired. Ahead of me. Yeah. Um, and so I was the odd man out. Um, and, and sooner than later found myself, uh, going into a middle school setting, uh, just to test that out. And, uh, while the content, I loved what I taught at the high school level, con- level content wise. Um, and I don't love this, the, the middle school content as much, but the yeah. energy that the kids bring, um, is is otherworldly um and i'm somebody who definitely feeds off of that and so uh, a group of of apathetic 16 year olds who are where it's pulling teeth is is one thing but when it's 11 year old boys and girls who are are just crazy uh it brings out my craziness usually in a good way plus in like sixth grade it's they're so they're just so excited to be in middle school and they're like so excited for history because at least here in California, it's the first time they actually have like a history that they have to go to and that they get to have. And I felt I was teaching sixth grade, sixth, seven and eighth, eighth grade. Cause I was teaching German and I was cycling um, with them. And it was so funny to follow like the students going from sixth grade to seventh to eighth grade, like how seventh grade became like this dark hole of like they don't remember <laughs> anything of what happened in sixth, in seventh grade because all that's important to them is like social stuff and then by the end of eighth grade all of a sudden they're like normal human beings again but it's like it starts out awesome and then it's like eh, and then by the end of eighth grade it's great so i always love teaching sixth grade because they're yeah they're just so excited and they they're just a go they do anything you want them to do it's really funny they do i'm not too great with this I've got two girls that actually are twins in one of my classes, but I found out that the rest of the teachers have separated them out into different periods because they're so uh, energetic. Mm. And I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, I would lose half of my class's energy if the two of them weren't together because they feed <laughs> off each other so much, but not really in a negative way, just in a dramatic way. But it yeah. brings so much life to that classroom that I was like, oh, my gosh, I would never break them up. But I could see if it was like indoor voices only, they they wouldn't qualify for indoor voices only. <laughs> they, they wouldn't know how to do that. Yeah, Sorry. it sounds like I did do student teaching in sixth grade, um, but it was a self-contained sixth grade, and I had a blast. I mean, that that age level, I think, is really cool. Yeah. yeah I so like... how long have you taught for then? Uh, one of the kids asked me this the other day, and I had to – I'm not – there's a reason I don't teach math. Um, well, ish, right? <laughs> so <laughs> ballpark. I, st- I started – 
my first teaching gig was a long-term sub position in September of 2011. Um, mm-hmm. So whatever that, what is that? Ten-ish. 11 years? 10 plus. 10, yeah. 10, yeah. 10, 11. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Yep. Cool. Oh, and then so, some wait, of the other, oh, yeah. go ahead. I was going to say the, the no. other part of your question, I guess, was, was the gamification part. And I had always done kind of the small G gamification here and mm-hmm. there. Um, and when I was teaching U.S. history at the high school level, I wanted to do a full-on game um, mm-hmm. where, and my, my thought process at the time was going to be kind of create uh, a Congress and president kind of thing where everybody is in these different elected positions and oh. they would have to make decisions based on their region and the content we're learning. Um, mm-hmm. But I had the two issues I had was kind of wanting and needing that to be perfect before I would put it into play, which oh, is yeah. not going to happen. Um, and then so much of, of what we cover is in one way or another civil rights and, and slavery and so forth. And I did not want to put anybody into a position where, hey, you ha- you're representing South Carolina. How are you going to handle that? I don't, that's not a, a way I want to go about that. And so um, I was just. That's so weird because my class works perfectly all the time. So I'm surprised that you had to <laughs> wait for it. Not, <laughs> yeah, right. I feel like it's like one like pitfall after another as I'm trying to figure out like one part of the game, another part of the game kind of falls through or something where I, I like let it go a little bit longer than I should have. And now I have to pick up the slack there. It's always just give and take. Yeah, well, that whole perfection kind of standing in the way of progress is like a legit thing. Absolutely. I think that a lot of teachers st- uh, struggle with when they're thinking about going into gamification. So how did you get out of that? Was it um, a retheme or? There were a couple things. The The first was, uh, I want to say it was 2017. I'm not sure. Uh, but around then, uh, my department head uh, had touched base with me about a fellowship program uh, down in Princeton, New Jersey, with the, what was then the Woodrow Wilson Institute and a group called mm-hmm. History Quest. Uh, and the Institute of Play out of New York City, I believe. Um, And so she and I both applied for it. We were accepted. And so we spent a week that summer uh, in Princeton with uh, a number of teachers from uh, the Northeast. Um, And it was was all about gamification and and doing games. And so we were in this hotel where we would do 10-hour days. It was quite rigorous. (laughs) Uh, but it was 10 hour days of just how to design a well-played game and how to put that together. Uh, and, and the people involved were primarily teachers, but we also had folks um, who came from the actual industry of game design um, oh, through wow. different companies. Um, cool. And so it was, it was tremendous. And I learned a lot, a tremendous amount. There. Like a week of capture the flag in a hotel. Yeah. kind of <laughs> uh, you know we, we would they would send us out on these little excursions and games that we'd have to kind of do and and we'd have to develop games uh we got to play test it with um there was an international you know it's princeton so it's it's a whole other ball game but uh there was an international kind of summer boarding school kind of facility down the road and so we would go we went down there to play test our games with these kids um 
mm-hmm. who were smarter than some of the teachers I've worked with. <laughs> they, these kids were, were <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, that's that's more a thing about the kids than the teachers. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah. That's what I heard. That's sure, totally yeah. what I heard. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so that was that was a huge thing, just giving me confidence in in what we were doing. And then in terms of just really going full tilt, it was once COVID happened and we were shut down, we had, you know, a few weeks of nothingness um, school wise. And so uh, having followed and, and taken part in some of the chats between Meehan and Matera and so many others, uh, mm-hmm. I went in and I, I just downloaded, bought the eBooks for all these different things. And I just engulfed myself with those and and in my downtime since we had a lot of that all of a sudden Mm -hmm. and and everything kind of just blew up from there and you know just went for it full tilt that is really awesome very cool so then so so did you wait hold on wait i have a question me 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 (laughs) i know we all jumped in at the same time it was like a pregnant pause and then we all jumped in (laughs) so i'm gonna jump in did you create yours digitally at first then because you were in covid shutdown uh, no, I, or you waited to launch when you were in person. Yeah. So my plan was to, you know, that was what March of, of 2020. Um, mm-hmm. my plan was to, to kind of put things together so it could start that, that fall. And so I had come up with, with my game plan. Um, and then a few days before school started, I was asked if I would, we had so many kids who had we're opting into a fully remote model as opposed to mm-hmm. a, the hybrid model everybody was doing um, that I had been asked as one of the, the, the more tech savvy uh, people um, <laughs> if I would be one of if I would be told. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I taught ELA and history um, remotely for the entire year. So I never wow. saw a kid in person. And so I want, I thought about trying to do it digitally, but, I, I thought that was going to be a little too much in terms of the full on experience. So that yeah. didn't happen for another year, but I continued to tinker and twist and play on my own time. And then at the end of the year, I had a couple of ideas for themes that I had come up with. I wasn't sure which I wanted to go with. And so I took my kids that were fully remote with me and basically took a half hour with them and said, listen, Here's what I want to do. I know this isn't going to benefit you guys because you'll be gone, but here's what I like to do. What do you think about this theme or this theme? And one of the kids, um, you know, he's 11 years old and it's a couple years ago. So it's a kid who's born, I don't know, 2009, 10, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this kid said, well, what about Indiana Jones? And I kind of chuckled because I grew up when I was that kid's age, I was all about Indiana Jones. Um, And Ryan Stevens does a great job with his. Um, And so I kind of chuckled and and initially dismissed it saying, well, you know, nobody know, none of you guys are going to know who Indiana Jones is. And the kid, that one particular group, they were all about it. They thought it was the best idea. And so I talked to the teachers in my building and came up with a Google form. I asked the people in fifth, sixth, seventh grades to, send it out to their students and it was basically just some images of harrison ford as indiana jones kind of saying do you know who this is what can you tell me about him and Mm -hmm. at least half the kids said they knew who he was and of the kids who said he knew that that they knew who he was 
almost all of them correctly identified it as Indiana Jones and gave me, I was blown away because that movie was perfect. Yeah. So it's just part of our culture. I think, you know, it's interesting how, how, how Indiana Jones is still such a thing. I mean, the last movie came out, what, like, mid 2000s or something right yeah, yeah. and when we try to pretend that one yeah yeah and i i try to pretend that one didn't exist me but, too yeah i only i only uh accept one scene and that's when he's standing uh, after he just launched himself with the refrigerator which okay but <laughs> really standing, this is the one you're picking no no but no no hang on the only this image the the image is so iconic and that just stuck with me is when he's standing there and he sees the the blast in in the distance and you have the the Indiana Jones silhouette and the the amazing like silo- like the just a picture that's something that stood the test of time for me, sure, other than yep, yep, other than yep. the rest of the movie, which let's not talk about <laughs> which that. Is but that was cool. That was that well. Was you're cool. that's pretty smart to go and like do a little bit of actual research to see if this would yeah, be like cr- viable. crowd research. Right. Like the rest of us just say, "Hey, we're playing this game." Deal yeah, with we're it. all we're like having this. midlife crises, and so we're just picking the thing that, like, you know, okay, we have that to made us happy when like, we were kids. Yeah, yeah. sorry, <laughs> you're just going with my theme. My theme is going to be Gumby and Pokey, and we're going to play books. Yep, you're gonna you're gonna like uh, it. That is really awesome. That's All right, smart. so now you're you're fully gamified. Um, this is year two now, right? Where you're fully gamified? Yeah, from start to finish, this is the second yeah, full okay. year. Yeah. Okay, so um, what is something that's working for you right now? What is something that you are noticing? Hey, I'm either it was an activity that you did, or it's just a, a mechanic that you're using that works really well. Like, what is something you enjoy doing right now? Uh, the, the, the one twist I've added this year that, uh, I'm really enjoying so far is, is last year I had done it where I showed them the, the individual leaderboards, um, which kids were obviously interested in. And my teams are called archeological societies. So they're all based on either the curriculum or the, the indie movies. Um, and so I would occasionally, show them the the standings for their archaeological societies but not very often i didn't harp on it much we would do some group activities um and for the most part the kids didn't care about how their team did and Mm -hmm. and so that was something that i was kind of uh ruminating over the summer trying to figure out okay how can i try to get that to be more interesting and engaging to them and and so this year i've just made it a thing that Every time I show you the individual leaderboards, I show you the team leaderboards. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just a small thing. And I'm amazed at how much of a difference that has become. And so I, I blame myself last year for not, they weren't <laughs> interested in it because I wasn't showing it to them enough. I wasn't making it a thing. And now that yeah. this year it's a thing, I have some kids who, I had one kid the other day who made a comment to somebody that I overheard him saying about, Granted, the kid's in first place right now, but he made the comment about, it's fine. I don't really care. I just want my team to win. And I was like, that's mm. something that surprises me, especially out of the kid who is in first. Um, yeah. But so, it yeah, there, that part is, is nice. There's a greater focus on, on the collaborative end as a result and working together. And, and so that's a really, I think, fun piece for me right now. 
That's yeah, really interesting. You, I, oh, I've always kind of been a little afraid of that. I don't know why. Like, I'm not afraid to show them the overall leaderboard, but I've never really put a lot of focus on the individual guilds. Like, they know who's in first place, but I never show, like, the graph that shows exactly where they are. But maybe, like, having a ranking or something would be helpful. Yeah, so I, I give them four ways to win quote-unquote win our game and so one is having the most xp uh another is reaching the final level the 12 i have 12 levels in my game um Mm -hmm. and so of my 90 some odd kids last year four of them reached level 12 um and so that's one way to win another is if you beat the final boss at the end of the game um which again only four kids did last year and then the, the fourth and final way is your team wins. Um, mm-hmm. And nobody really had any real interest in it last year. But again, I think it's, I didn't, I didn't put that out there. I didn't make it a thing. And this year I have, and so far hook, line and sinker. <laughs> hmm. That is very interesting. Fabian, when I was with you, you always had like two slides and it would like switch back and forth between, I think, yeah team and individual i think as far as i I think it was top 10 or top 20 um classes and teams yeah and so it you didn't do much you just displayed it this was just rotating like an extra monitor yeah they cared enough to check it out and be interested in it um this year one and it's it just goes to like your point sean it's like this making it a thing um i put more of a emphasis on um, telling them how they're doing as a class compared to the other class and that, oh my God, this is like riling them up. They're like, <laughs> what? We're, we, what? We're not the best. And they're, so they get like super into it. And so now I'm put, I, I printed out like planets because my classes are planet names. And I write weekly, I write the, the, the total XP on the board and to see like if it makes a difference. I just started it. And I want to see if that makes a difference in in that as well, where they're like, "Oh my God, why are they so so far ahead, versus us, who we think we're the best, right?" Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I have something that's just blown my mind. More than one way to win the game is sort of blowing yeah. my mind right now. So, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, what the heck was I ever thinking? I only have one way to win the game." Yeah, me too. That's so dumb. Yeah, I know. <laughs> why do I only have one way? I don't. I don't even know. Like, where did that come from, John? I, I'm. I wish I could say definitively. I I want to say it might have been Ryan Stevens. Uh, I don't recall. There was somewhere, someone okay, somewhere. We'll just credit for you yourself. Then. We'll just we'll yeah. just credit you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I'll throw plenty <laughs> of credit to Ryan. He 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 pioneered the Indiana Jones game, and um and so I I stole a lot from Ryan. But um, yeah, it was it's that whole idea, and that's part of my thought process is. Uh, that jeopardy effect that you'll hear Meehan talking about oftentimes, right? Mm-hmm. And so if if I'm in 30th place and 6,000 XP behind the leader, yeah. but if I still yeah. have these other ways I can win, it's just that's another actually, reason mm-hmm. to keep me going. Um, and mm-hmm. so that's my hope. And that's, that's something I try to throw out there to the kids um, and remind them of every so often is, hey, you know, you still have this route, you have that route. Um, trying to push it and if you think about it in like in like games you don't always have to be the person with the most points or the player with the Mm -hmm. most points to win right you can you can win 
Zelda by defeating Ganon and not having done any of the side quests, really, right? So it's like, that's actually, yeah. I mean, you're, you're still going to need the power sword and all, you know, all those guys. <laughs> yeah, but you don't. <laughs> I, I understand. There, there are certain. I mean, the nerd in me says, I, I don't know if I can buy You that, don't have but. to do all the side quests <laughs> in order to defeat Ganon. Yeah, you're right. Right? Yeah. So that's actually pretty. Well, and I'm thinking special education. That. Like st- I have some <laughs> students that will do everything, not necessarily accurately every time, but they will be involved and engaged in doing everything. But there's no way they're going to be the top winner just because of, you know, their their makeup or even maybe their special need or whatever it is. But to give them another avenue would be really cool. Holy cow, that blew my mind. It could it could also be like these. Um, invisible points for the badges so you could Mm -hmm. give them a badge um and depending it could be like this one kid just does all the side quests not great but they're doing it and then that could be a separate badge which in the end you have total control you could just say well that badge was worth five thousand xp that was a big badge (laughs) you know and it's like because you want to you want to like um acknowledge the fact that they did so much more extra work than everybody else and that could catapult them to the top of the leaderboard too so you can kind of combine leaderboard with um side quests that could be a fun thing to add in at the end is like here's the 10 badges and then some sort of like wheel of names or flippity.net or something. And then whichever one it lands on becomes like the triple bonus XP that you didn't know mm, about yeah. or something. That would be really fun. I mean, yeah. you guys are smart. <laughs> I know all of our brains are blowing up uh, right now yeah, with uh, ideas. Yeah. Now we're like, okay, <laughs> let's talk about this for another 75 minutes. Know, yep, right? we oh, could definitely no. do that. <laughs> But in the interest of time, let's move on to the next question. So um, we then usually end uh, our our interview uh, round, which, you know, this is an interview for an internship. Um, and Not paid, invisible by the way. Not paid. We'll no, we're we're in public education. There's no such thing as worrying yeah, about there's, the pay. There's no money. There's no money. Um, fame and glory, obviously. but Fortune that, and glory, as they uh, say in Indiana Jones. <laughs> That's true. Hey. Uh, so... Fortune and glory question is um, if you could travel back in time and as a history teacher, you mostly will appreciate this because you're a history teacher. Um, So let's say you can travel back in time and you could meet yourself starting out as this bright eyed, bushy tailed um, young person. Uh, What advice would you give yourself when, when you just started out? Not necessarily when you had like the choice between do I go into journalism or um, do I go into teaching, but let's say, you meet yourself, you just started teaching first year. What advice would you give yourself? I, I think it would be, um, one, don't be, don't be so hard on yourself. Um, give, you know, give yourself some grace. Um, and, and ultimately just be more willing and aggressive in trying and tinkering and experimenting and and not worrying oh no what if this activity flops or fails um Mm -hmm. and and being being more willing to to just give that a go rather than especially early on part probably that imposter syndrome that i think a lot of teachers have and i so i think Mm -hmm. it was just wanting everything to be perfect and lined up and and redundancies built in which are still great those are still things i have but um just being able to 
all right, let's experiment. Let's play with this and and see what happens because that's where that's where my learning and growth is going to be as well. So, yeah, yeah. That's I think really we, good. I think we hear that a lot, right? Like this idea that like, gosh, we're so, like our biggest judges are ourselves as mm-hmm. teachers, and we give ourselves so much more criticism than we need to. Yeah. And I think like one of those things that I learned pretty early on is like the imposter syndrome is to like lean into it and just pretend like, you know, everything. (laughs) And, and like in, and in reality, if our students asked us like, is the next two chapters, what's coming up? I I would have said, I have no idea. Like I, I'm literally one chapter ahead of you right now. (laughs) You're like, well, let's turn to page 41 and see it together. together. But it's like literally like, when I started teaching history, I, I mean, I studied history and it was like about democracy in America and it was like about the the New Deal and all this stuff that I could never use in German uh, history class uh, because we just don't go into that much detail. Uh, or another one that I had was the French Revolution. And we do talk about the French Revolution, but we went deep in college. Like we went like we did all this extra reading and stuff. And then the first time I taught it, I'm like, oh, you don't care about all the Richelieu stuff. And you don't care about, oh, okay, because you don't understand this at all. Oh, yeah. okay. So I literally had to start from scratch. And so it was literally like one chapter ahead of everybody else, of my kids. And that was a really hard realization for me. So, yeah. And, and I think that's a really good point you're making is like, just like, yeah, be more open to failing because that's more fun. (laughs) Well, and sometimes you like, like out of failure comes this really great either lesson for you or it turns into something else. Like, okay, this completely flopped, but I can twist X, Y, and Z and it's going to be amazing. And I think that's a good. Fundamentally everything about what I just did and it'll be fantastic. Exactly. (laughs) Well, sometimes you'll not do this. You'll get that thing that fails miserably, but there's this one little segment, this one little piece that was kind of this bright spot and it's good. Okay. So what can I do to polish that and, and build from there or tweak or take it from there. And, and that, that's definitely helped out. Um, and that's where a lot of like just the side quest ideas come from is these different things I've tried in the past that yeah didn't fly, but for whatever reason, it tends to work fairly well with side quests. So, yeah, uh, we didn't talk about this ahead of time. Uh, oh, Jamie, I cut you off. Did you want to say something? No. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but we normally talk about a game that we're playing. Maybe you want to do that one? What you've been playing, Sean? <laughs> Do you have any games that you've been playing uh, with your students or with your family or yourself? Is there anything? I have one video games, board games. Yeah. yeah so uh, we're putting you on the spot. Right I, now. I used to be a big, I, you know, before we had kids, I was big and we would do game nights once in a while. Um, and then we got to that point where everybody has started having kids and game nights disappeared. disappeared. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But, um, my kids are slowly getting to the, the right age, but uh, for myself, the one I've enjoyed as late is a computer game called Sue's Rain, um, which is kind of this geopolitical RPG. So it's you are this this guy Anton Rain who's from this fictional 
nation, uh, kind of in the North Baltic or Central uh, Central Europe, somewhere in that range. It's kind of this fictional world, but it's kind of clear that it's in that sphere. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's it's kind of just a choose your own adventure game in a way where mm-hmm. it'll give you different scenarios that you have to kind of navigate through a lot of moral decisions or political decisions you have to make and uh, kind of beg, borrow, steal to figure out what you're going to do and do the things that are going to help you out on the personal front, the national front, your political front, all these different things Mm -hmm. that politicians have to to balance. And so I played through it once, um, kind of using my own moral compass. What would I do in that spot? And then... I was ultimately deposed uh, in a coup, <laughs> um, <laughs> but at least I still had the wife and kids attached. Um, and but then you could play get another, another, you know, you could play it again, and you just make one different decision, and all of a sudden it, it it's a whole different branch in the storyline. So it's been fun to kind of just go down these different avenues and see how that will unfold and what's similar, what's different. Mm-hmm. That's have you applied? Like to, yeah. Go. Have you applied any of those mechanics from that game to anything you've been doing in the class? I would love to. I I try to come up with so like we we will come up with at times the opportunity to kind of choose different pathways. Um, not as much as I'd like. I would love to do more of a completely autonomous, self-directed, self-paced piece. Um, that's currently my my main boogeyman of the uh, don't let the perfect get in the way of the good idea. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, we I, I try to give the kids choice. We just did one where, uh, and it turned out to be the timing was good because we started this activity just as uh, Professor and I'll butcher his last name. Pabe uh, was just this week announced the Nobel Prize winner. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and it just coincided with this article that I used for the, this little mini unit that is centered around him and his work. Um, and so he, 2018, uh, there's an article where he is leading this effort to, to they've extracted some Neanderthal DNA uh, from these various fossils. And they, are, they were attempting to basically clone or grow mini brains using Neanderthal DNA so they could kind of examine. And so that spun off in my own head to this idea of what they do in Jurassic Park. And so within Mm -hmm. my game, it last year we started it where it was. You added uh, dinosaurs? No, not quite. Instead, I I took. Okay, we're done. (laughs) I took uh, Sturmbannfuhrer Tot, who's one of the villains from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, and I, I basically put together the story that he is, you know, we read the article and then we talk about how he is leading this effort to create a place called Paleolithic Park, um, which is basically <laughs> Jurassic Park, but with instead of dinosaurs, it's it's cavemen and uh, Australopithecus yeah. afarensis and all these different ancient hominids. Um, and so the kids have to kind of make their persuasive arguments as to whether or not they would support this or not, why or why not. And then from there, I kind of take our storyline into two different directions that ultimately end up in the same place because they have Mm -hmm. to for my narrative. (laughs) Um, But I can at least from this class to that class kind of 
deviate slightly um, yeah. with how I present it to them based on what the kids are are choosing. Um, and it's always interesting because it's always kind of half and half uh, where some of them are very morally opposed to the idea and then others are yeah. it just it's too cool not to do this mm-hmm. <laughs> oh that's interesting is the argument this is going to be really cool I for don't some know of them yeah argument. for yeah. some of them for sure it's too cool to not try yeah it's like this uh <laughs> this ian Malcolm quote like you guys were too busy uh, celebrating that you can that you forgot to think about whether you should yeah right? mm-hmm. yep and yeah It's cool. It's like that's a really powerful discussion to have with students. Like, yeah, you could do that because you can, but should you? That's another thing. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. We went all philosophical towards the end there. That's fantastic. Look at us with our intellect. I mean, Sean, you've really intellectually. You've elevated our conversation, Sean. Thank you. I was like, I know there's a word there. See, I can't even think of the word. (laughs) Thank you for grabbing that. Well, Sean, how do they find, how do people find you? Uh, I have to think for a second here. Uh, so there, there's, it's Twitter. I, yeah. I, I just don't remember my own handle. Um, it's, Mor- it's Moriarty history. Yeah. It's, is it, it's, it's one of those things. that's like your own phone number. I don't know it. Um, yeah. So at, at Moriarty history, which is M O R I A R T Y. Uh, I won't spell history. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's, there's a, I think there's a link tree in there that would be helpful awesome. to people. But other than that, it's mm-hmm. it's on Instagram and, and the TikTok thing. And, um, oh, yeah, TikTok too. That's right. Check them out, guys. So, And yeah. you know how to find us, rebelteacheralliance.com. And you can check us out on Twitter as well. And, uh, yeah, Sean, thanks so much for being here. Oh, man, hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did here. Uh, being with Sean and that you took something back. If you think of something that you're like, oh, I want to add to the discussion, please uh, let us know. You can DM us messages on Twitter or even just be a part of the dialogue when this uh, episode gets posted. You can be like, oh, I was listening and I thought of this. We'd love to hear from you guys. So uh, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.